sentire media. If there is one thing that Silvio Berlusconi enjoyed doing, it was telling jokes, especially to his party fills of young 20-odd-year-old girls in the company of old men. I doubt, however, that he ever told the following. So Berlusconi is driving late one night around the countryside in the Emilia area. He's whooshing along. At a certain point, he feels a jolt, a crash, and something goes under the wheels. Good Lord, what could it be? He tells the driver to go out and have a look. They discover to their relief that it was a runaway pig from a nearby farm and not a person. Berlusconi enjoys big gestures. You have to give him that. So he tells the driver to go along to the farm and offer to pay for the pig. Off the driver goes and Berlusconi sits and waits. He waits and waits and waits. He tries calling the driver but he's not answering his phone. A quarter of an hour passes, 20 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour passes. Finally, the driver comes back. He is very clearly drunk. His arms are full of all kinds of local delicacies, salamis, prosciutto, wine and cheese. Berlusconi rolls down the window and looks at him and says, What on earth are you doing? What happened? The driver says, Well, sir, I, w- I-, I went to the farmhouse and, uh, and, and uh, I-, I said what-, what you told me to say and, and, and they just filled me with presents and they were cheering and toasting to my good health and, and saying I was a hero and, and celebrating and, and then they, they gave me all these presents and, and told me good luck. Uh, I, I don't get it. I, uh. And so Berlusconi says, well, what exactly did you say? And the driver says, well, I, 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 knocked, <laughs> I knocked on the door, sir, and, and I said, I'm, I'm the driver of Silvio Berlusconi and I've killed the pig. So, this is the last of our three-part series in which we review Wondery's Bunga Bunga podcast and our own memories and experience of the Berlusconi era. Today, we're going to look at the third and last Berlusconi government from the elections in 2008 to the eventful year of 2011. Okay, so then the third Berlusconi government comes around. The elections are on the 13th and 14th of April 2008. He's back in power. The majority is good, but not quite as strong as the first time round. He spends a little bit less time doing his legiat personam, his uh, tailor-made laws. Perhaps one biggie is the legittimo impedimento. Matteo, what what, what does that mean? Uh, Legittimo impedimento means that if you are... uh... Uh, you have a role in a, as a minister, and you are under trial. You can uh, you can uh, you can stay at home and um, <laughs> not go to trial. Not go to trial because you have to do something more important. Yes, yes, yes. And so if there's a, um, a day you have to go to the court, and in this day you have something to do as a, a prime minister or. A, 
you have to you just have to say no i've got something more important to do exactly next and time i'll come yeah 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 and, so, and sorry mr judge you can't judge me today i've got stuff to do I hope uh, i hope uh, we hope you, you're coming soon but uh, <laughs> yeah that's that's all the magistrates could do so you know please can to, you come and tell us about this yes <laughs> they fix another hearing and hope uh, the minister uh, will come but this didn't happen oh, obviously until the corte costituzionale uh, Supreme Court, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can call it the, the Constitutional the, Court. Constitutional Court uh, said this this law was not uh, not so acceptable not accept- as the for the principle of our Constitution. Exactly, but again, meantime, certain trials had uh, been time, interrupted the because the, the statute time. of limitations yeah. uh, and 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 so on. The yeah, go- the goal is always reached because the time passes and the trial. Uh, dies. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for starvation. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it must be said that I mean, this seems maybe ridiculous to to non-Italian listeners that we have this statute of limitation. There is some logic to it because, unfortunately, the yes, trials in Italy are ridiculously long, mainly because the the, the magistrature doesn't have the the resources it needs no. to deal with all the trials. Uh, there may be some political stuff in it. Some people say certain magistrates are not doing their job well, but, and I'm sure there may be someone, but, but fundamentally... Few, too few magistrates. There are few, few, too few uh, magistrates. are very... Um, vague. Uh, vague, no, vague, very complex, like okay. in, in a Byzantine regime, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like... A, so old old Byzantium still has an yeah. influence over us, despite yes, the yes. fact that centuries and centuries have. We have passed. to simplify the, the laws, so like simplif- criminal criminal law, and mm-hmm. and have more uh, magistrates uh, judging because uh, and shorting the statute of limitations. The statute of limitation is not the right way. No, and think the law that uh, we have now that uh, stops the, st- the statute of limitation. At the first grade uh, is not uh, constitutionally equal. It will be wiped out, wiped out by, by the, 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 the constitutional, constitutional court. court. Yeah, I don't know if we said this before, but you know, you have uh, your first uh, level of, of trial, then you can appeal, then you can reappeal, basically. Yes, uh, yeah. reappeal. Uh, first grade, you you can talk about the process itself. Mm-hmm. The third grade, it's only about uh, um, problem of uh, law and. Procedural law. Ah, procedural law. Okay. So if there's something not, wrong not... on a procedural level. Okay. And, uh, and so, yeah, uh, the, the, the third Berlusconi government, uh, a, a few less. Also, it didn't last as long, so a bit less time to do these leggi ad personam. Um, it, this is also the era in which, and I don't know if you agree with this analysis, Matteo, I don't think something like the Berlusconi phenomenon could happen today, because whereas in 1994, indeed, we basically had six channels now... I think we we would have trouble, you know, with all of the the the, the, poss- the viewing possibilities. I personally have not watched Rai or Mediaset for, for ten, fifteen years. Oh. I think um, so. It, it couldn't happen in the same way today. Also, with social media and so on. Which, interestingly, in the podcast in Bunga Bunga, they do list as part of his downfall because you know now people, these girls at the sex parties, could walk in with a video camera and and film what was going on. And uh, and so on. And so he has a little bit less time to do these legia. But some of them are an attempt to stop this phenomenon. So to try and block the spread of Sky television in Italy. So increasing VAT for Sky, uh, trying to block television rights for Sky so that his uh, television 
stations could have an advantage. But mainly, as uh, is pointed out in the podcast, this was the series, this was the, the, the government, this was the legislature in which Berlusconi just let loose with being a dirty old pervert basically it's a sad uh, it's a sad uh, it's a sad ending sad ending because it's like a bigger uh, actor or singer his greatest hits have gone and his time has passed yeah this uh, legit person of the of the last period are, are not uh, yeah yes he, he doesn't come up with these pearls no, of, no, no. of illegal pearls Although, he's lost his touch uh, yeah he's lost his touch and though we have him showing up in 2009 to the birthday party of an 18 year old who first of all claims to uh, that he was an old friend of her father's when in reality we know that he was she was headhunted by Emilio Fede who we didn't have, we haven't had time to talk about yet, but that would be. Where is Emilio Fede? Where is Emilio Fede? Uh, we'll talk. We will. Uh, we have the the where they ended up section, and we'll see where he is. Uh, just a reminder: if you haven't heard the Bunga Bunga podcast, Emilio Fede was a uh, Rete Quattro, uh, so Channel Four journalist. Journalist? That's a big word for Emilio Fede. Well, work, uh, he had a past in uh, um, Italian broadcast television, Rai. Mm-hmm. He was a. Normal people. <laughs> <laughs> then he, 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 he began to follow his leader. He, he became just like a, uh, I don't know, uh, in the um, Nazi regime. Yeah, the minister, propaganda, propaganda minister. minister uh, um, yeah. Goebbels, maybe. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. He was the propaganda minister, exactly. Uh, with, with, you know, with level. I mean, I remember one time. Uh, he, he opened the broadcast almost crying about how cruel everyone was to Berlusconi. To Think of his children watching these things on television, how, you know... Uh, he did so much for uh, Silvio, but Silvio uh, forgot about him. Yeah, he left him <laughs> high and dry, yeah. Yeah, as, as happened with various Very, of, of his friends. So we have, uh, as we were saying, the Neomilites, and then we have the whole Ruby Gate issue. And um, Bunga Bunga, the, the podcast, uh, really points to... Uh, the Rubygate thing as being the element that brought Berlusconi down. And I think it's definitely an important moment, uh, especially if you take it as a symbol of that period of the sex parties, of the young girls, etc., etc. I think it's a bit of a limitation to say that's what brought him down. But anyway, we'll talk about that in a second. Okay, so just just to put everyone in the picture, in case you, you didn't listen to the podcast, a young Egyptian girl, Karima Almarug, was one of the participants in Berlusconi's sex parties. Now, Berlusconi has always claimed that he's never paid for sex, that uh, one of the great things about him is his ability to conquer to conquer women, etc., etc. But it, it's demonstrated that these parties, women were paid to go to these parties and have sex with the old men at these parties. And among these was a 17-year-old girl, Karima Almarug, who went by the uh, show name, let's say, or pseudonym of Ruby, uh, Ruby Rubacuari, Ruby the heart stealer. And so Ruby ends up one evening in uh, the police station because she has stolen something from her uh, roommate. And the police station in Milan receives a call from none other than the Prime Minister, Silvio Berlusconi, saying that uh, they absolutely have to release this girl. She is the niece of Egyptian, of then Egyptian President Hosni Mubarak, and that if they don't release her, it could cause a big international diplomatic um, scandal. And, I mean, obviously it's totally false. It's not true. She has absolutely nothing to do 
with Hosni Mubarak. But the, the thing is, and this to show you how much the Italian parliament and, and much of Italy was a prisoner of, of, this, uh, of this man and his influence, at a certain point we had 314 members of the Italian parliament who in a session of parliament voted to declare that indeed on that night in which Ruby was arrested, it was, according to the Italian state, she was the niece of Hosni Mubarak. And we, the parliament voted on this. Unbelievable. It's, Unbelievable. It, we had a parliamentary vote on this to, 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 to say that this at the time was believed to, to be true. And so uh, it can't but go downhill from there. And the niece of... Uh, uh... If she was the niece of uh, Osni Mubarak, she, she had not immunity <laughs> anyway. Anyway, no, but the problem was to avoid an international... I'm always, I've always wondered in this, what the hell Mubarak thought? He's like saying, you know what? <laughs> he said nothing, nothing. He said nothing. nothing. Also because I think Mubarak may have been one of Berlusconi's friends on the international scene. He was friends with Putin. Uh, affinity. Uh, yeah. Some kind of affinity there with... Uh, the uh, most... Uh, Arabic Interesting dictate. thing uh, um, this, uh, in this case was what he said, his lawyer. He said, um, it, we were talking about this prostitute that come in uh, in his villas having party. And this lawyer said, Silvio Berlusconi was only the l'utilizzatore finale, <laughs> the final, final user of these girls. <laughs> to defend him, he said, he was only the final yeah, user. Yeah, yeah. What's the... This is fantastic. And indeed, as, as in you... Fact, in fact, all the people that... Uh, His pimps, so pimp, the, the guys who were convicted. Who were convicted. So Emilio Fede. Emilio Fede. Uh, that searched for girls and uh, had a sort of casting of these girls and paid them, not with his money. Uh, money come, comes from... Um, from Berlusconi. From Berlusconi. Uh, yeah. From the ragioniere. The, the accountant. The, the accountant of Berlusconi. And um, Emilio Fede And also the Tarantini, there was a famous yeah. uh, figure of Tarantini who was basically yeah, uh, a high-level pimp, a high-level... <laughs> they were convicted, and uh, I don't know if Tarantini has been convicted. No, I'm not sure. We'd have Emilio to... Fede has been, has been convicted for uh, sfruttamento della prostitution. Yeah, yeah, exploitation of prostitution. And it was interesting recently because he's under house arrest, yes. Emilio Fede, and he recently violated house arrest because he, he wanted to go and have a nice romantic dinner with his wife. Right. In, in, Napoli, in Napoli. Yeah, Naples. He's under house arrest in Milan, yeah. so it was important to go. And he's been under arrest uh, just outside the restaurant by the police. Uh, exactly, exactly. I'm wondering his wife, you know, uh, unless he was able to convince her that he was just... Uh, evasione, uh, evasione. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was uh, an escape from prison, basically. Yeah. So I, I imagine something was added to his... <laughs> to his sentence for that. So to, to, to sort of conclude, I, I would say that, you know, the fall of Berlusconi, Ruby's definitely a part of it, I think, Martel. But that's not... I think if Italy had been in a good economic position in 2011, the year in which uh, Silvio Berlusconi fell, maybe Ruby would not have been his downfall at that time. Maybe it would have come later. But I, I think... What really hit home in that year, I mean, we, we were in, a, in our lifetime, what was an unprecedented economic slump. Uh, it was the backlash from the 2008 American uh, economic uh, crisis. And I mean, it was a period in which families 
would have trouble reaching the end of the month and could not buy food for their children. And you had this man who is swimming in, in money telling you that, no, it's not true, everything is fine. The restaurants the restaur- are full. full. Do you remember that yeah. time? He says, everything is fine. The restaurants are full. I mean, of course, the restaurants he goes to, I'm <laughs> sure they were full. And, you know, when people are, no, even if they voted for Berlusconi, when you're sitting home and you, you're, you're, maybe you're hungry or, you know, you have, you're starting to accumulate debt, you can't pay your bills, and this guy is telling you everything is fine, the restaurants are full, I think there's something really started to crack. The crack became, um, of course, when uh, there was a, a tragic event in uh, November uh, 2011, and the president of the Re- Republic, uh, which is uh, Napolitano, called him uh, at the, um, the, Quirinale, the, Quirinale, the, 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 the palace, and the, told him to, to give up, yeah. because Italy was close to... Uh, Default. Default. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed, the, the, he's been forced to, to give a resigna- resignation. Yeah, yeah. It was also. I mean, Europe intervened, and, and you know, some of the some of the pro Berlusconi people uh, go on about how it was a European plot to. Yeah, and thank God we had Europe to, to help us out to bail us out of that simulation. I mean, please, please organize come. more European plots, please, and. Um, And so, yeah, I think if you ask an Italian, the average Italian that year, what word would have been on their mind? It wouldn't have been Ruby or Rubygate, etc., which would have been on their mind. But I think it would have been the famous spread. spread. I don't know if you remember the obsession with the spread, Matteo. Yes. Yeah. So basically, what is the spread? The spread is, <laughs> the, the spread is okay, um, the difference between Italian government bonds, BTP, and the German bonds um so you know i'm not a, i'm not a big economics expert but basically a government bond the value of a government bond is shows the 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 trust that investors have in that government so if your government is stable and strong etc the government bonds will be safer but at the same time they will not give you as much return on your investment if the thing if things are a bit shakier then the government bonds maybe will not be such a guarantee but you can cash in a bit more and basically so that showed the difference between the trust investors had in the italian uh, government and in the german government and this spread which started the year around 100 and something 130 points at some point reached 500 Much uh, more than now under COVID uh, crisis. Exactly. Much doubled more. it. Doubled it. Exactly, exactly. But then that's a whole other story because, I mean, luckily for once, the Italian government was a leader in a good response to the COVID. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it was a bit strange to be in that position. If, if, if Berlusconi was in charge now, what would happen? <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know. It, well, actually... Um, Well, well, let's close up and we, we can say, because he, he had COVID. Berlusconi yeah. had COVID, but we'll, we'll get to that. So, to close things up, uh, we are in the autumn, uh, almost winter of 2011. Uh, whether it was Rubygate, whether it was the spread, whether it was a European plot, probably it was all of those things together. Silvio Berlusconi's third government fell. Uh, the president of the Republic, Napolitano, intervened. And uh, Mario Monti was uh, assigned the task of forming a technical government. And since then, Silvio Berlusconi has uh, gradually disappeared 
from from the political scene as as of yet. Um, Grazie, signore. <laughs> so it's not meno male che Silvio c'è, ma meno male che Silvio non c'è più. <laughs> as in, thank God, Sil- the, the, the theme song of Silvio Berlusconi was meno male che Silvio c'è. So thank God that, that Silvio, that there is Silvio. And we were just saying that thank God Silvio's not there anymore. <laughs> Uh, since then, uh, so the government fell, Mario Monti intervened with his austerity. He's very much hated by uh, a wide part of the population, but, you know, that was the job that needed to be done at the time. There was nothing else to, that we could have done at that time. Dirty work. He had to do dirty work. He had work. to do the dirty work that hadn't been done before. It was interesting, I was listening... Nobody elected could do this. No, 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 no. Nobody, nobody who was looking to be re-elected could have done it either. And uh, yeah, it was interesting that in the, in the podcast they interviewed the, the ex-editor-in-chief um, of The Economist who said that in the time that Berlusconi led Italy, only two countries in the world had slower-growing economies, and those were Zimbabwe and Haiti. So it was a country that was in serious need of, of some uh, economic uh, help. And so that's basically the story of Silvio Berlusconi up until 2011. Since then, we've had uh, interesting government experiences, but that's a story for another day, maybe. Let's see where they ended up. We said Emilio Fede is still under house arrest. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's uh, followed by social services. He's under probation now, yeah, yeah. under probation. Marcello Dell'Utri is in jail. Okay, uh, among his buddies, Marcello Dell'Utri, you said is in jail. Uh, just a reminder, Marcello Dell'Utri was, A, the creator of Forza Italia, of uh, Silvio's party in the early 90s when he created it, and the go-between man between the Sicilian Mafia and the investment in Berlusconi's early uh, real estate empire, i.e. Milano 2, uh, Marcello De Lutri, is now in prison. Okay, then uh, Cesare Previti, who was... In the, in the podcast, they put it very well. They, they said that Vittorio Dotti is, was Berlusconi's legal affairs lawyer, Cesare Previti was his illegal affairs lawyer, and uh, he was sentenced for... Corruzione in giudiziaria. Okay, for, for corruption for of judges. Bar- okay, yeah. Comp- he, he bought... Uh, he bought the, the Mondadori sentence, sentence yeah. For, uh, for Silvio Berlusconi. For Silvio Berlusconi, oh, obviously. Yeah, yeah, obviously not for himself. And uh, then, ah, oh, yeah, the, the podcast mentions and, and plays a little bit of this very colourful... A pro Berlusconi character, which is Vittorio Sgarbi, who was always known for exploding on television, shouting at people, and he uh, was recently physically removed from Parliament for refusing to wear a mask. So, so he's still around, uh, shouting at people. Okay, as far as his allies go, Gianfranco Fini of Alleanza Nazionale, who we mentioned at the beginning, could have been. Italy's chance at a, let's say, constitutional, also serious uh, centre-right party has disappeared from the scenes. Umberto Bossi, because the Lega and Berlusconi have always had this love-hate relationship after the first time that Bossi and the Lega uh, made the, 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 the first Berlusconi government fall, Bossi declared that he would never go with Berlusconi again. Berlusconi declared that he would never go with Bossi again, and then in the next election they were together again. So Bossi was uh, also condemned, 
for, for fraud, okay? And to this day, the magistrates are still hunting down 49 million euros that the Lega seems to have managed to make disappear. And that's how some of Berlusconi's henchmen ended up. As far as the victims of the famous Editto Bulgaro, the journalists who were sent basically away from Rai, Inso Biaggi uh, actually managed to make it back, thanks also to a series of legal battles that ended in his favour, and luckily he managed to end his days as a Rai journalist as he uh, would have wanted. Uh, there was a little bit of a battle between Berlusconi and his daughters over Biaggi's legacy and how actually things went down. Uh, Daniele Luttazzi, the comedian who, on whose programme Marco Travaglio appeared, never reappeared on television. Uh, he wasn't the greatest comedian, to, no. to be honest. I mean, it was very brave of him to, to interview Travaglio in that, in that case, but... Uh, he wasn't the top, top notch. Another journalist which was sent away, uh, Michele Santoro, uh, came back and did some programs as well. And Marco Travaglio, who actually broke the news and wrote the book about Berlusconi's start uh, in real estate, after some period in which he was outside of mainstream journalism, has done quite well for himself. Now he has his own newspaper, Il Fatto Quotidiano. He founded and he runs his own newspaper, which is one of the three or four more successful in Italy. Uh, and he is a regular guest on various uh, weekly and daily programs. So a writer. He, uh, writes books. And he write, he's written lots of books and you, you can look him up to... He came out. He came out. He came, he came out on, <laughs> on top uh, in the end there. And uh, Ilda Boccassini, Ilda the Red, which, uh, who, who is uh, mentioned repeatedly in the podcast, ended up her career as a successful magistrate. She has now... Retired, and so that Matteo leaves the good man himself. Silvio Berlusconi has since actually been nailed for a tax fraud, if I'm not mistaken. That was the only thing so far he's actually been condemned for. Yes, yes, hmm? uh, for the fiscal, for the fiscal. Yeah, tax fraud, and uh, just yeah. like uh, Al Capone. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. All of the things Al Capone had done, murder, eh? he, he was uh, caught on, uh, on tax fraud. That's an interesting parallel. He... Excuse me, Al Capone. <laughs> you apologise to... <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we have some various parallels you can draw there as well. So, um, Silvio has had COVID. Uh, and obviously, in the words of Silvio, his case of COVID was the worst and most infectious and with the worst symptoms ever. He was proud of this. Yeah, yeah, he was very, very proud of, I of this. I catch the worst one. Yeah, he, he was very happy about that. And to be honest, I think that's the first we've heard of him in quite a while because now you see him occasionally as somebody's confused old uncle, uh, assisted by maybe... Uh, members of his political party uh, having pointing him in the right direction. He's got a new girlfriend. He has a new girlfriend, and she's fifty years uh, younger. younger. Only fifty. Yes. Only so that 50. puts her in uh, her. That puts mean, her in her thirties. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite old for it's Berlusconi. Quite old, yes. quite old for Berlusconi, and uh, so he's got a new girlfriend. Uh, he's now, I'd say, around eighty-four, 84. going going on eighty-five. Um, he bought a new. A soccer team? Ah, yes. Ah, well, one thing... Uh, the, Monza, the, Monza. Yeah, podcast mentions that he took AC Milan 
to to great heights, and then at a certain point during the 2000s, I believe, he sold AC Milan, and now he's bought another team, Monza, and uh, he has uh, declared that Monza will be a Serie A, a top league team, uh, soon enough, and will be able to beat uh, AC Milan. But uh, Monza, it, it, it's a small town. It's a very small town. Glory so. days have gone. Yeah, although, you know, we have some small towns in Serie A, Sassuolo, Kiev, etc., who knows. And uh, and basically, we, we don't really see, at the moment, how Berlusconi could get back into politics. His party, which uh, in 1994, in eight weeks, became the strongest party with the most votes in Italy, has now gone down to about a 5.9%. Uh, percent, which would now barely get his party into Parliament. And so, uh, unless he can cook up some big last surprise, it seems we may have seen the end of Silvio Berlusconi. But when Silvio is concerned, you can never say never. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as my co-host Matteo Marconi and I enjoyed recording it. Thanks very much in general to everyone for listening. I'd like to thank some new Patreon supporters. I don't know if I've already thanked them, but it doesn't hurt to be thanked twice, does it? So thank you very much and welcome aboard to Edwin, Mikkel, Jeff and Mike. Then, as always, thanks very much to my usual Patreon supporters, starting with the first part of the Margarita Hack and Galileo Galilei level, Anthony G, Brian J, Celine, Chanel, Chris, David L, Dean V, Douglas, Elizabeth... Greg, Ignazio, Jeffrey, Old John in Milwaukee, and Kevin. And of course, the tippy-top, Maria Montessori, and Dante Ligiri level, Paolo, Lisa K, JW, Andrew M, Brandon S, Maxime, David, and Sen. Remember, if you are so inclined, you can get in touch. Hello at ahistoryofitaly.com. If you would like to just say hello, make a comment, ask a question, or why not share an interesting recipe, if you will. At the same URL, ahistoryofitaly.com, you can click through to our social media, where you can follow us on Twitter and on Facebook and even on Instagram. You can go to our support page and become one of the above-mentioned Patreon supporters and have access to extra content. The latest episode, for example, of News Cappuccino is about interesting political parties in Italy and especially the party of love. You can also, if you are feeling generous, support us on PayPal. Thank you, thank you very much. And once again, thanks to everyone for listening. And until next time, arrivederci. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy.
With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.